Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, Bob Irving stops by to help preview the West semifinal between the Blue Bombers and the Stampeders, and also Philly and Joe from Power Mornings. We team up to give you our picks for the CFL playoffs and also Week 10 of the NFL season. That's coming up on the podcast. And I don't know if you've heard, uh, but there's a football game coming up on Sunday. Kind of a big deal, you know, Blue Bombers, Calgary, West Semifinal, the man calling the action. Well, it's Bob Irving. He joins us now on the CJOB Sports Show. Bob, close practice today. Did we learn anything about the status of Chris Treveler? Not a thing, Christian. Not a thing. Uh, we did ask Mike O'Shea about uh, Chris Treveler. Of course, he's the one that we've been asking about. All week, and uh, Mike was uh, very sort of tight-lipped on it and vague. He uh, he basically said they're still not sure about Strebler's status, and uh, he wasn't sure when he would know. Uh, I mean, it didn't sound real encouraging to me, but maybe there's some subterfuge going on here. I'm just not sure what to make of it. Uh, obviously, they'd love to have him in the lineup and able to do what he does. Uh, but I guess if that foot injury is, is just, you know, too severe, uh, then he, he's not going to be able to play. So he did practice on Wednesday, didn't practice yesterday. And I don't think from what I was able to garner, I don't think he practiced today. So we'll see. I don't know what to tell you. It's up in the air. And Michael Couture, he left the last regular season game, went to the locker room, never came back out. Is yeah. he not going to play Sunday? Yeah, I think he's out. He's kind of nowhere to be seen. I don't. I haven't seen him uh, around practice all week now. Maybe I've missed him because they're all bundled up out there. Right. Um, and but I don't think he's going to play. Cody Speller took all the turns at center uh, during the practice week. Uh, he played center in university, and we all know about Speller's story: an undrafted guy who's just been working away for the last two or three years, and he started some games earlier this year. So it looks to me like he's going to step in at center in place of Couture. Do the Bombers need Streffler to win, though? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess we'll find that out on Sunday. I don't know if they need him or not, uh, Christian. I think if Zach Kolaris plays you know, the kind of game that we saw him play a couple of weeks ago and the kind of game we've seen him play many times in his career, uh, they won't need any other quarterback. It's just that Streffler brings that dimension. You know, he rushed for over 700 yards and he's such a threat uh, when he's in there, and short yardage in particular, because he can take it off tackle. And if he finds a bit of a, a crease, he could run for 30 or 40 yards. And it's a it's a unique threat in the Canadian Football League. So they'd love to have him. I think he would help them in their efforts to win the game. Uh, but they could, yes, you know, if things go well and they play well in other areas, they could win without him for sure. Unique is the word to describe the situation for Caleros too, because you think over the years, how many times have we seen a quarterback play the final game of a season for a team, and now he's the guy. He's got two weeks after having two days to prepare his first first game. He gets two weeks to stick his nose into the offensive playbook. He had made mistakes, no doubt, when they played Calgary last time around. But this two weeks, is this going to mean we're going to have a real crisp Zach Caleros on Sunday? Well, he'll be crisper than he was in that game against Calgary uh, two weeks ago, uh, and he was pretty good in that game, mm -hmm. Christian, 22 out of 28 passing. Uh, he should only be better and understand the offense better and know the people around him 
better in this game. I mean, that only stands to reason. He's a he's a sharp guy, a smart guy. He's played a long time. He's in his eighth year now, so he kind of gets everything. Nothing catches him by surprise. And he said a couple of times, and he said it again today, that the extra time he's had to prepare this buy at the end of the week has been fantastic for him. He just feels that much more comfortable. You are right, though. This is a it's an unusual situation. We've seen quarterbacks uh, kind of step into the breach when there's been an injury or whatever. But uh, you haven't seen I haven't seen this very often over the years. I'm trying to remember the last time a quarterback was acquired in a trade and then played the final game of the regular season and then led that team into the playoffs. I'd have to do some heavy-duty thinking on that one because it hasn't happened very often. And, you know, these players, they talk often about, you know, as a group, we're going to battle with our teammates. We've been fighting hard all year. You know, we've got a real close locker room and all that. And here's a guy who's been here for one game who now you're counting on so much to take your group where your group wants to go. And, you know, Calaris has fit in very well. The players have tremendous respect for him. He's the kind of guy who's very easy to like. He's a real pro. So, you know, I think he's he's slipped into the group here very nicely. But it's it really is a different situation, no doubt about it. Absolutely. And Caleros, unlike most people associated with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, actually has a pretty good history in Calgary. Well, he's won his last three games against the Stampeders. I asked him about that today, and he just he kind of poo-pooed it. He said, well, you know, I hadn't even thought about that. He said it's a, it's a new game. Every game's a new game, and... The teams he played, the Calgary teams he played before, the one two weeks ago, were you know had different players, and he was with a different team. And so, I think we in the media put a little more into that. He wasn't prepared to go down the road of saying that he has a good feeling against the Stampeders, or feels that the way they play defense suits the way he sees and and likes to attack. Uh, you know, a defense. He was he wasn't prepared to open that book at all. Fair enough. And speaking of we in the media, do you think we're making too much of a deal about the weather? Well, you know what? It was 12 degrees Celsius in Calgary this afternoon. 12 degrees what? above, Christian. Okay. They had a Chinook today. Okay. It's going to be, apparently it's going to be, yeah, I was shocked when I saw that. It's going to be minus 5 tomorrow. Uh, this is the way the weather can change in Calgary. And then the forecast is still the same for Sunday, minus 12, and it, they say it's going to snow. Uh, now things can change very quickly there. I kind of hope it does. I prefer to see games played in the best possible weather conditions so the athletes can be at their very best. That's kind of my personal view of the whole thing. But at this time of year in Western Canada, when you're playing football outdoors, you never know what you're going to get. So right now the forecast is for a miserable day on Sunday uh, today in Calgary, though you wouldn't, yeah. you couldn't imagine that it's going to be like that on Sunday. It's kind of like Regina from one day to the next before the Heritage Classic a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, how, that's right. Yeah. How cold was it in Calgary for the West Final last year? Well, it was four Celsius. It was oh, four fresh. above Celsius. Okay. So yeah, the weather was the weather was quite good last year. Okay. It wasn't uh, it wasn't a talking point at all, and uh, quite different from what it'll be this Sunday if, in fact, it turns out the way the forecasters say it will. And there's nothing really we can glean from the West Final last year, right? And look at it through the, this game through those lens, right? No, I, I think that's true. Uh, the Bomber defense played very well in that game. They held Bo Levi Mitchell to 214 yards passing. He did throw three touchdown passes, and that was the difference in the game. All of them, Derek Rogers, who, by the way, may not play in the game. He's considered doubtful, I'm told, by the Stampeders. Um, so the, the defense did a pretty good job. They held Calgary to 22 points. 
Uh, and that, uh, you know, would be normally considered a pretty good day's work for a defense against Bo Levi and his gang at home. So when I look back at that game and this bomber defense is, yeah, it's largely the same as it was last year with the notable addition of Willie Jefferson and a couple of changes in the secondary. If they could play that well again, then it falls to the offense to come through better than the offense did last year. You remember the offense last year and you watched the game. You remember Christian, they, they not just could happened. not move the Yeah, they couldn't move the ball with any consistency. They had a couple of shots. One was that pass that uh, was thrown by Strebler to Andrew Harris mm-hmm. that he overthrew him by an inch or two. And there was a, a play where Darvin Adams was open yeah. uh, for what may have been a score. Uh, but the offense is just going to have to be a lot better this year in this game than they were last year in that West final if they're going to have a chance to win, in my view. And while the Bombers did take two of three this year, and one of those games, Bo Levi Mitchell did not play, Mitchell has kind of been able to get what he wanted for most of the games, uh, the last two, for sure. The Bombers did make the stop at the end of the last win, but Bo's been pretty dang good against them. Well, here's the numbers. Uh, He's completed... 53 of 76 passes in the two games against Winnipeg this year for 687 yards, seven touchdowns, and one interception. Pretty good. So, yeah, Bo's been pretty good against the Bombers. And and in the last game, the Bombers won 29-28. So they held, I use the term somewhat humorously, they held Bo to 28 points um, and managed to win the game. So that would almost be considered a victory, I guess. Uh, the bomber defense probably thinks they can, you know, they can be better and play better and, and disrupt Bo more and keep them to less points than that. I think they'll have to if they're going to win the game. Uh, but yeah, Bo's uh, he's been pretty good the two games against Winnipeg this year. Yeah, they've really struggled to get pressure on him. Yeah, they do, and it's a challenge, you know. And every team does. We we put our lens and our microscope on the bombers and what they're doing. But every team that plays Calgary has the same issues with Bo Levi. He's so good at getting rid of the ball, so good at moving around in the pocket, you know, moving into little seams and getting the ball away. And he doesn't like being sacked, and he'll throw it away before he'll get sacked. He's just really good. And the system they have is a is a very efficient one that caters to his strengths. Uh, but the Bombers are going to have to try to find a way to get in there and disrupt him and rattle him. I didn't say rattle him. I don't think you can do that. No. But uh, they're, they're gonna, some of their blitzes and the things they do, the coverage schemes that they have, uh, they're going to have to make them work. Because I've said this before, Christian, if he throws for over 300 yards, uh, I don't know how you win the game. I just, I just don't, unless they turn the ball over a bunch of times and that sort of thing. And all, these things are possible, I guess. But right. You know, they're going to have to neutralize Bo to some degree to win this game. And that applies not just to the Bombers in the West semifinal. It applies to every team that plays Calgary. Right. So, final thought, how many points do the Bombers need to score to win? Well, I think here's where the weather will play some role in this. But let's assume the weather doesn't, uh, you know, have a big effect on the game. It's just cold. There's no strong wind or a slick field or anything like that. I don't know how they can win unless they score 24, 25 points. That's just me. If the bomber defense can hold Bo Levi Mitchell on that offense to less than 20 points, that would be quite remarkable in my view. So I believe the bombers have to score in the twenties to have a chance. All right, Bob, I appreciate your time. We'll be tuning into the call Sunday. The pregame show begins at one. It begins at 1. The game kicks off at 3.30 our time, and I'm looking forward to it, Chris. I think it's going to be a terrific game. I think the Bombers do have a real chance to win it. I really do. 
but boy, they're going to have to play very, very well and, and maybe have a few things fall their way. All right. Safe travels, Bob, and have fun on the call. Okay. Thanks, Christian. a little bit better last week we're treading water but it's playoff time mm-hmm. this is where the real real action begins the west and east semifinals coming up on sunday so we're going to come to consensus on the cfl picks and then bring our nfl analysis after the fact we'll start with the winnipeg blue bombers their third straight game against the calgary stampeders it's a rematch of the west final from last year which was also in calgary which was a tight game They've all been close this year. Every game between these two has been razor thin. Mm -hmm. The line is Calgary minus six against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Joe, first with you. Well, I said at the beginning of the season, I just had one of those feelings this was going to be a magical year for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the way the buy set up and everything else. I still believe the Bombers will beat the Calgary Stampeders Mm -hmm. in Calgary. I know it hasn't happened much over the years. They've won there five times since 1990. But I do believe, so they'll cover the spread, obviously, but Mm -hmm. I think the Bombers have a field goal to touchdown win in Calgary. You think Caleros is the guy? Well, I don't know if Caleros is the guy. I think the blend of Caleros and the running of Strevler might come in handy, the weather conditions, and Harris, if they give Harris the ball as many times they need to. I do believe the Bombers have it in them to beat the Stamps this year. Well, calling for possible flurries, maybe up to three centimeters. Minus uh, 13-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weather's going to suck. Yeah, but that's it's no, November in the CFL. That's playoff football in the CFL, and I think it's ab- absolutely perfect for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because they're going up against Bo Levi Mitchell and, and a prolific passing attack, whereas the Bombers are defense and run, you know, uh, two yards and a pile of mud or two yards mm-hmm. and a pile of snow. This is absolutely perfect conditions for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I earlier this week I was not feeling as good as Joe. I was like, eh, "You're not beating Bo Levi Mitchell in the first round of the playoffs at home. He's going to find a way." Blah blah blah. But as I saw the weather, as it, I read more and more and looked into this game more and more and how close the games have been. I swung. I swung. I definitely the Bombers are covering that spread, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. And I like their chances of winning the game. I do think they're going to win the game. I'm in the same boat as you in terms of the number. I think the number's too big. I think if this is going to be either way, probably a field goal game. Yeah. And special teams have been so enormous in Winnipeg's two wins over Calgary this season. We remember Janarian Grant's two punt return touchdowns. Yeah. The missed convert returned for two last time they yeah. played was enormous. And when they met in the West Final last year, the Bombers really held Bo Levi Mitchell in check. Yeah. But they couldn't do anything on offense. Matt Nichols struggled all day. But now we have Zach Caleros. He's got, he looked pretty good in his first game. He's had two weeks since to really get into this offense. And I like their chances of winning this game. Calgary is gettable this year. This is the most vulnerable they've been yeah. in a while. I'm not saying the Bombers are going to win because the Bombers' tradition is to make you think they're just this close and then something happens <laughs> the wrong way. Well, but they're still going to cover six. Calgary's got the number one passing offense in the league, so it's really going to come down to yeah. us shutting that down at Get some point. They, too, need so. some, they need some big turnovers yeah. on defense. Willie yeah. Jefferson. Has to be a big fan. Jeff yeah. Coat. They yeah. need pressure up front. And they they gotta, really haven't been able to get it. Yeah, but I can't see. I can't. I'll be stunned if Willie Jefferson doesn't have a massive game in a game of this magnitude. Go Bombers! Yeah, yes. So we're going with the Bombers consensus pick. And then the early game, so that starts at 3.30, 1 o'clock pregame show on CJOB, boys. Okay. Uh, the noon game is Edmonton at Montreal. The line on playnow.com is Montreal minus two, which means they think 
Vegas does. Edmonton is a slightly better team than Montreal, and I'm not sure I'm buying that. Kahari Jones has done a wonderful job with the culture there in Montreal, and I think a lot of people here like Kahari Jones. I will give Kahari the nod at home to cover two. I think this is an easy pick. It's I pretty so much too. you're pretty much having a money line pick here yeah. uh, at the end of the day. But I know with the CFL and the one point deal, but I'm going to take Montreal to cover two, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that game wasn't close as well. Yeah, I can't believe Kahari Jones isn't a nominee for Coach of the Year in the CFL. I think that's an absolute I mean, Steinauer's done a great job in Hamilton. Don't yeah. care. Montreal yeah. was a mess. He yeah. is, to me, the far and away winner. But fine. That, the way the season started. Yeah, that's what I mean. He came in was the coach. Yeah. He came into what was theoretically an impossible situation, right. and look what he's done with that yeah. team. I love the Alouettes. I think they cover this all day. They're yeah. going to win the game. They could win big. I think so, too. I think we're in total agreement on this. I don't see what the Vegas sees in Edmonton. I know the West is better than the East, but Montreal is just better than Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Straight yeah. up, and it's in Montreal. Yeah. The East usually rolls in these crossover games. Mm-hmm. And if they lose, it's uh, like last year, BC went to Hamilton. People weren't sure. And Hamilton won by like 40 or 50 points. I think Montreal's going to get yeah. ha- Hamilton all yeah. they can all they yeah, can handle. And I, and I love Hamilton. I don't get how this is too. So you take the value on that. We go with Montreal. Yeah. yeah. So we've got Montreal. We got Winnipeg. So the Bombers and Riders, this Alouettes and Ticats. Mm. Ooh, those would be some nice finals matches. Yes. But we go to the NFL. We're over halfway through the season in the National Football yeah. League. And uh, San Francisco hasn't, uh, hasn't <laughs> lost yet, but they got a big game coming up Monday. We'll start with Joe. Yeah, I think Philly's going to take care of that game for us because he's a 49ers fan. I looked at the thing. I was going up and down the schedule here in the National Football League, and this game, for whatever reason, stood out to me. New Orleans is 13.5-point favorites over Atlanta. Okay, that's And a there's big a number. big number. If there's a big difference between the two teams. Usually when you talk about division and conference matchups, 13 and a half sounds like a huge number to me. For some reason, I believe Atlanta will cover 13 and a half okay. in New Orleans. Okay. Because there's no money on taking New Orleans. Jeez. Who's, who's I, I, I believe if I'm going to take a long shot, yeah. I might I might take Atlanta to uh, cover. And divisional games, no yes, matter who's playing for closer. both teams, yeah. that's a big number for a divisional game. Okay, uh, I've screwed up 49er games all year. Speaking of big numbers for divisional games. Six and a half point favorites yeah. on Monday night. San Francisco favored over That's Seattle. Big. They're at home. You can, you've, Every time you've picked a San Francisco game, you've picked, I've picked, you've the, picked the other team and gotten it wrong. Yeah. Well, guess what? I'm sticking with that. Seattle covers this. And I think... This, but do they win? No. I okay. think the 49ers win. Look, to me, this is going to be a last-second field goal. Now, I know I said that earlier in the year about another 49er game, but I do believe this will be this will come down to a Russell Wilson drive or a Jimmy Garoppolo drive. This is the game of the week. Yeah, could see some overtime maybe, but I see... I see it being a three-point game, and I think Seattle keeps it closer. That'll they'll they'll cover six and, and a half. Monday nighter, and that division always ends up being coin flip games. Uh-huh. Like it doesn't matter yeah. who you want to throw in that mix. The Rams at some point, but yeah, yeah hey, they all play close. Vikings games. Dallas could be interesting on Sunday night yeah, too. You've got those are the two good games. The afternoon games Sunday are bad, which is great for the CFL. Yes, just yeah. watch the CFL and then watch Vikings Cowboys on Sunday night. I'm not touching my team. I never do <laughs> as a point of principle. That's the Vikings. Yes, the Vikings are three-point underdogs in Dallas. That's just the kind of game that Kirk Cousins will underperform in. But the number that jumped out for me is another big number. And as bad as the Miami Dolphins are, and they are bad. They won last week against the Jets, but they suck. Yep. 
Indianapolis is favored by 12 and a half. They've been wonky over lately. Over the Miami Dolphins. Indy is beating, when they win or lose, every game is within, I don't know, five points. Jacoby Brissett's hurt. Yeah. Brian Hoyer, 12 that, and a half point favorite against anybody. What? Yeah, I that 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 number jumped yeah. out off the page. And Miami looked a little inspired the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. They don't look that bad. This game's going to suck. <laughs> But that's too many points for the Colts. Like, I am putting money on the Miami Dolphins in week 10 of the 2019 NFL season. Well, nice. Who, who would be surprised if that was a 15-6 game? Like, or, or a 12-6 Yeah, 17-10. Yeah, that's how I view that game. Indy's not going to score enough to cover that. Yeah. No. So, there we go. Let's like enjoy the picks. weekend, boys. A lot of good football. We'll reconvene next week. Thanks, guys. Go Bombers! Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?